Welcome to Spotlight On, your Griffith College alumni podcast. We are delighted to welcome Ipithul Malanga, who studied an MSc in Accounting and Finance with Griffith College, graduating in 2015. Today's podcast will shine a spotlight on Ipithul's academic and career achievements to date. Ipi currently works as a finance manager at Air Island and is also the co-founder and chief executive of Expensi. Expensi is a fintech startup that helps businesses speed up expense management. Currently operating with Irish and British clients, Expensi digitizes the expense reimbursement cycle for businesses through a web app that allows a user to capture and submit their expenses. Ippy has also uh, had experience working as a financial accountant in uh, retail emotion and as a financial analyst at Web Summit. So, Thank you very much, Ippy, for, for joining me today. I know this one has uh, has been kind of a long time in the making. We first made contact in January, I think it was. So yeah. it's great to finally have you uh, on the podcast and, and to to get this uh, get this going. So I guess uh, we'll kick off with kind of can you tell us a little bit about your, your yourself currently uh, in terms of your your job role and the fact mm-hmm. that you're you're working and you're also um, you know, managing this this startup expenses at the same time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Alex. Um, so I'm currently working as a, as a finance manager in, in AIR. Um, I think um, my day-to-day role really is, is playing the bad cop pretty much because I have to, um, I'm managing a large sum of money for, for capital investment. So a major, if you've noticed, a, a major demand nowadays is we want um, broadband yesterday so I kind of <laughs> I kind of manage that sort of things working with teams just to get projects in on time managing the spend you know reports uh, interfacing mostly with senior managers just to to update them on where we are and how we're progressing uh, towards the end of the year and I think what's challenging about this is you're trying to bring as, as much of the financial information and decipher it in a way that um, people can can understand and, and appreciate that they can make actionable decisions. So I think that's the fun side of, of, of what I do. That's very interesting. And then on on the other side of the, the flip side of things, you, you've got expensy as well. So you, you've got to, to manage this this side as well uh, alongside a full-time job. So can you kind of talk me through A, what expensy is in, yeah. in, in, in terms of you know your understanding and then also the kind of the balance between managing a full-time workload and then your own you know, business at the same time. Yeah, so Expense is a software as a service um, expense management platform. So I think when you look at most large organizations for you to get your, your cup of coffee or even your subscription fees for whatever um, professional society, um, association you're with, it takes a long time, right? You have to go to the intranet, download a piece of paper, fill in your details, scan it, send it to your manager, your manager downloads it, signs it, scans it, sends it. So that process is a bit tedious. So what we simply do is we leverage your smartphone. Um, you take a picture of the, the receipt that you have, fill in a, key in a few details. And as, as long as the, you've set up the, the users correctly, you, once you hit send, it goes straight to your manager, your manager reviews it, approves it, and it goes straight to accounts payable. So one, you've reduced the, um, the amount of clicks that are needed to go from start to finish. To you, as the person who's getting reimbursed, you can see where you are in the process, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there's nothing worse than 
sending stuff to accounts and it just disappears into a black hole. <laughs> and then you don't know when it's going to hit your account. But with this, it kind of gives you a timeline. And, and I think with expensive, what we try to do, I know there are um, other providers on the market, but we, we try to dumb it down as in keep it as simple as possible, as in plug and play. What do I need to do to start? What do I need to, to create an expense? What do I need to submit? So the ethos of, of expense is just simplicity. Keep it simple, not too many uh, bells and whistles, um, basic functions. So in terms of managing working full-time and, and working this, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that can never sit still. So I, I remember when I was in primary school, the, the teacher thought it was a good idea to punish me by making me stand in front of the class and just stand still. But I found myself fidgeting with my, with my clothes. So, so I can never stand still. So the, the way I kind of try and break up uh, the time is obviously uh, I give my full attention to, um, to what I'm doing right now as a finance manager because that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, and then after my working day, I kind of spare about an hour and a half. And this is usually after the family is, is, has gone to bed. So I'm, I'm kind of up at about half 10, 11 to about half 12, one o'clock in the morning. Um, even if it's doing the mundane stuff, uh, going through our, our value proposition, going through our branding, going through our messaging, um, I just find it, it, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, that I like challenging. It's, it, it's, it's a big challenge, but I, 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 I like things that take me out of my comfort zone and put me in a point where I just have to I think, think outside the box and also think, um, what did I say, work hard? No, I, I like to work smart. So rather than heavy lifting, who, who can I you know, get in, in touch with who has a skill that I don't have? Or what can I do? Do I have to go and pay a developer a uh, thousand euros? Or can I just simply use their software for a uh, hundred euros? So it's, it's that kind of stuff that I do um, most of the time. It's very commendable and, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's definitely a growing trend. Almost, uh, I think the word for it is a side hustle. It's, it's something that you yeah. do next to your, your full-time job that, that, you know, can bring in a, an extra source of revenue. Um, this, yeah. is, this is definitely a growing sector, this, this fintech sector and this, this kind of, especially expenses. This is um, an area that podcast listeners will have heard the previous podcast with, with another piece of software that's in a, in a similar vein to this slightly different but you know along the same sorts of, uh, of lines how did you first get interested in this where did the spark come from and you know the, the, the initial idea to to you know put together a business around expenses <laughs> and, and automation so I, I i started my career in 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 airs but when i joined web summit i noticed that they used an interesting tool um expensify and it gave you great insight into, you know, control, um, working as a financial analyst, control in terms of um, approving and rejecting expenses. The challenge that came out of that was um, reporting. And, and sometimes you, you just want an ad hoc report to say, how many categories are we using? What's the most popular category? Is it transport? Is it accommodation? Is it food? Is it whatever it is? And then from that, you're trying to make a, a decision to say, okay, if it's transport, can we approach um, you know, a four-court deal and say, can you give us a discount because we've got X number of people who are spending X amount a month. And you know, so in essence, what you're trying to do is, is drive an actionable outcome from, from, those, from those reports. And I kind of married it with, with my background. So originally I'm from Zimbabwe, I've lived in Ireland for, for donkey years now, but I realized that um, there's a growing 
digitization trend uh, in, in the sub-Saharan African continent. So you're talking about um, it, it, Africa has got one of the biggest um, demographics in terms of young people between age, the ages of 18 and, and 25. I think over 50% of the population is, is between that age range. You've got a growing middle class. Uh, you've got growing GDPs. You've got the fastest growing economies. You've got rapid digitization. So I think in, in Kenya, Kenya or, or, or um, South Africa, digitization rate is about 69, 70%. So companies are, are moving pretty rapidly towards digital tools. So I was looking at these two kind of going, what if we could build something that we could, um, I guess, target the, the, the African market? In? And, and I guess that's where this, this idea was born from. So yeah, it was just, I, I think in, 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 in Western Europe, I think some of these tools we take them for granted because we already have them and we use them and it's a part of of our of our day-to-day -day. you know if you think of revolut um ultimately you look at your phone you see how much you've spent and where you've spent and you kind of go okay grand right but if you think about an sme on the african continent some are still using paper some are still just keeping stuff in their head and, and it's not it's not a good way to run a business you know um so i thought make it simple but also tailor it for you know for the sme sector in in sub-saharan africa so is that is that kind of the next big step then to to really em embrace that market or is that something you've already begun to do so right now um i'm happy that we signed a partnership agreement with a consulting uh firm thinkroom they're based in south africa so what they're helping us do is um a proof of concept so we've we've kind of recently signed an agreement with them to say um we can they can sponsor 50 companies to you know pretty much break our, <laughs> our platform and see whether it, it's fit for purpose right because mm -hmm. when we built this we kind of we were kind of thinking we wanted to we want the user to be at the center of everything right so mm -hmm. where you know as a company you say well i don't like this feature i want this feature i want this feature so then we then take it and aggregate it across all the users and kind of go well actually um having a debit card has become a, an important feature then we develop going that way so so we were starting to embrace it but i mean like any startup there's room for a pivot right if there is an opportunity um to pivot into europe for 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 smes uh my team and i definitely will look into it so what kind of think in three to five years time um in three to five years we we have a fairly good idea that there'll be a much broader bigger market on the African continent so if if you're there on the ground at the start I think it bodes well um, and that's what we're trying to do you know um, Europe is a bit saturated there's still you know there's still a you can still get a piece of the pie but it's it, it, it's slightly challenging yeah and yeah I, I completely see where you're coming from with that one and the other thing is it's obviously investing back back home for you it's you know investing back into the economy and back into that culture as well which must be something that, that is close to your heart mm -hmm. um yeah i i think um it, it's it's a tough one to explain to people but i suppose they say home is where the heart is obviously my heart is here my wife is here so if she's listening <laughs> i'm taking all the bosses but um i i've always had this this dream and this desire to invest back um from where i came from or even the continent at large right because from a technology perspective i think um the african continent is one of the biggest opportunities that exist right now on the planet um because if you think about it from an internet perspective, right? If if you think about Western Europe, we went from um, we went from the old uh, DSL line, 
the phone line where it takes 200 years to load up one page and then we went to <laughs> and then we go on to copper lines and then we went on to onto wi-fi and now sorry onto uh, data then we're, or onto wi-fi and we're moving on to 5g and all this good stuff but for a middle-class african they they went straight to to mobile they didn't go desktop um, um you know ipad and then mobile they went from zero to, to mobile and so that jump it, it just it, it creates so many opportunities right um, and if, if people only know mobile, then you kind of have to go into that space. So, yeah. That's super interesting. And yeah, I can definitely see, as, as I've said to, to, to many of the people that have startups, um, the gap in the market is definitely there. It's visible to see. I know myself with the expenses side of things. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, an app is great. That, that's definitely the way forward uh, to streamline yeah. those sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's a great business. I think it's a great idea as well. And, you know, wish you really the, the best of luck with that. So Thank you um, very much. you're more than welcome. I guess if we um, can kind of, I don't know, pivot slightly. Um, yeah. you, you've, you've kind of mentioned that you, you started Air um, recently. And... Yeah. I know for for a number of people that that may be listening, um, or maybe you know, due to graduating in November, they they will be looking for positions, um, and they will likely be starting positions in the current climate that we find ourselves in today. Um, how have you kind of managed that transition in terms of you know starting a job and then seeing more restrictions come in and and starting a job and maybe having to work remotely? Um, how has that kind of uh, worked for you? I think it's it. Like anything, it's it's been a challenge. Um, I think when you're starting a new job, you, you know, you've got nerves of of getting to know your colleagues. Um, you know, sitting in meetings and they're using acronyms you've never heard of, and you kind of go, "What does this mean?" So you, you lose that that human aspect of asking the the stupid question. However, um, I'm grateful to have a manager who who fully appreciates the situation, and he said, "Take your time in in adjusting because." we've never experienced a situation like this. This is a once in a, in a lifetime kind of um, occurrence. So he was fully on board in terms of um, how I, I slowly pick up work. And I think the big thing was the support that he gave. Um, so as I said, before we started that, I was taking over from someone who was finishing up the role. Mm-hmm. And yes, we spent so much time together. So we, uh, we were spending roughly an average of five hours a day going through stuff, going through the work and and the workload involved but that was my moment to ask my stupid questions and so on on the other hand he had his work that he had to do but then he was supporting me in picking up my work so i think um the, the kind of advice I would, I would give someone is don't be afraid to put up your hand and say i actually need a little bit more support um and and you'd find that at the start of the of of the uh, the pandemic yes it may have been challenging when people are trying to figure out business as usual Mm-hmm. But now what I found that when our, our workflows are kind of pretty set and our timelines are, are still the same, but we now know how to work remotely, mm-hmm. it's made it easier to, to give that person support. Now, you may not be there physically, but it's, it, it literally could be a 30-minute catch-up to say, how are you getting on? Is there anything that you want to ask me? I'm on the phone if you need me. Um, so my, my manager kind of put that in place and, and we kind of catch up on a weekly basis, in, um, on a phone basis, and then... Between the week, we just we have a chat on the on the phone, five ten minutes. How are you getting on? Is everything okay? Yeah, perfect. I know some people might say, "Oh, that's a bit overbearing. That's a bit too much. Oh, leave me alone." But I prefer that because it just gives me a touch point um, that I'm not working by myself. Um, you know, I, I'm not just in the wilderness and told go and do your work. 
so that support has been very, very important in, in me transitioning. And I think he's, he's also big into, you know, looking after yourself in terms of taking breaks, in terms of getting exercise. So he has been kind of encouraging me, take a break, um, go for runs, get it, get some exercise, get some fresh air, get out of the house, you know? Um, so yeah, no, no, my manager has been, has been fantastic um, in, in that regard. And I think if you are a people manager listening to this, if you are um, about to receive a new graduate, I think the big thing that you can do for them is support them. Yeah, I would, I would second that. So a couple of the points you raised there are, are, are spot on. You know, there, there is no such thing as a stupid question when, you, when you're starting a new job. You just yeah. just put your hand up and ask, definitely. Um, and I can second the fact that, you know, great management in terms of, you know, I've, I've had it myself during this pandemic. It's yeah. it's all about self uh, well-being, um, but also then, you know, how, how you can make work fit into to your life as well and, and how, how it works in terms of working remotely. So, yeah, um, a great answer. And um, I guess if we can move slightly on now uh, in a slightly different direction. Um, yeah. So you came to study in Ireland as, as an international student. So um, kind of can you talk me through that process for, you, for yourself and, and how you decided you wanted to come and study in Ireland and the transition um, <laughs> to, to come, come in and basically relocating? So I, I, I relocated when I was um, 16 and a half. Um, so I, I wrote my leaving site here in, in Ireland. And I think it was at a point where, you know, my country was going through a very tough time. Uh, and like, like any other parent, my mom wanted the best for me. And this opportunity came up and we kind of took it with both hands. And so, um, yeah, I guess I finished my leaving cert. And then I've, I've always been keen on... Um, I'm a doer and being a doer sometimes it has its pitfalls and that you just keep doing with sometimes with that direction right but when I finished my leaving cert I had to kind of work from work and pay school fees myself let me put it that way but then mm. you know when I when I when I kind of looked at the the situation I was in you know it was very expensive at that point so being a doer um, I knew I wanted to end up as, as an accountant down the line and so I, I spoke to a few people um, and they introduced me to ACCA. So with ACCA, it's a professional accounting uh, association and you write exams, but they kind of say, oh, you should, you should, you should be in practice, you know, in, to make it easier. But I, I you know, I, I, I'm a doer, so I just had to do something. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of worked, worked part-time and, and studied ACCA full-time. But it, it wasn't all the modules, I think. So out of the fundamentals, a few of the, the modules I taught myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I just simply got past material, uh, downloaded a few, and, you know, how-to guides and looked at online tutorials and stuff like that myself, taught myself and wrote the exams. And that's how I got to the point in, I think it was in 2014, 2014 where my wife and I sat down and was like, oh, I need to start applying for jobs because I had only one exam left. Mm -hmm. And so the feedback I was getting was, yeah, you've got 13 exam ACC exams, but where is your degree type of situation? And I'm kind of going, well, I think this is equivalent or even more than the degree that you're asking for. And so that was the feedback I, I got from um, a lot of recruiters, right? They were mm -hmm. saying, we need to see your, your primary degree and having ACC is very good. Um, so my wife and I had to kind of bite the bullet and and really sit down and think about 
okay, from a future perspective, um, where do we want to see ourselves? Because um, I, I think I, I look at things from a 10 year perspective. Um, I give myself a 10 year horizon, kind of go, where do I want to see myself in 10 years? And what do I need to do to get that? And then I break it down up until present day. Mm-hmm. So when my wife did that in 2014, we said, okay, in 2014, we'd like to be here doing X, um, achieving X. And so how does it look right now? Well, when we came to right now, it looked like uh, beans and toast and jam sandwiches <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a woman with that kind of vision and foresight to say, look, let's invest now. And, and the returns will be five, six, seven years down the line. And to be honest, we are reaping the, the benefits of that investment pretty union and kind of go, I need to go back to school. Can I get a loan, right? Um, but that's what we did. And so I, I was looking for a degree that would help me not only from an academic and get a job, but I, I went in looking for specifics. I knew at some point I would like to run my own business. I knew at some point I'd like to know how to talk to different groups of people, uh, a diverse uh, group of people. And I also, you know, I wanted that academic aspect of it. So when I, when I looked at these three aspects, um, Griffith naturally came and, 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 and was fit into that picture because um, I had studied ACCA with Griffith College, uh, a couple of modules. And I, you know, I liked the vibe of the college. I liked the, the lectures and everything. So I thought, you know, this is a natural transition mm-hmm. to do my master's. And, and that's how I got to, to start my master's um, in accounting. That's uh you know, very inspirational to, to kind of hear that that journey and, you know, someone who's worked so hard and obviously is now reaping, reaping those rewards it is, it is a very inspirational story. So if we can kind of touch on it, what, what, what influenced your decision to, um, to want to be an accountant and go down that path? Where was that kind of initial influence in that, that sphere? I'm a curious soul. I, I, I think I'm too curious for my own for my own likings at times I'm, I'm i'm interested in how things work right um i think from an early age my mom used to she stopped by me um toys because i just broke every single thing because i wanted to see what's inside the car what's making that car spin or if she gave me a remote control car what's causing there's no cord but what's making it move so i'd break everything down. And, and that's that that has been my mind for again since i was born right and and i had an interest in how does business work because when you look around, you know, people go say, I'm going to work, but, but w- w- what are you doing? Or, oh, yes, I'm, I'm punching in numbers into Excel, but what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And so I, I had a, a very good mentor who's passed on, my, my late uncle. We, I, I used to spend time with him. So he was a businessman who, who was into transport and logistics uh, back in Zimbabwe. And I'd spend my school um, holidays with him, just, you know, paying attention to what he was doing, you know. Um, I may be seeing the, the glamorous side of things, you know, um, but he was, he, he was kind of pushing me in the direction of you, you need to own your own, you need to be, uh, you, you need to have a skill that someone can pay you for. And, and if, if you don't have that skill, um, find someone who can teach you to have a skill. And so he was very instrumental in kind of shaping my, my, my business uh, perspective. But then I, I guess being an accountant, you, you, you also kind of have to look at it from this perspective. You, you, you're trying to go into a profession that will give you skills and abilities to, to understand the how, right? So a simple, I could have simply said, yeah, I'm just going to study business studies on a broad range and kind of go leave it at that. But I knew that 
business studies was a bit too general. And I, I kind of looked at the decision making chain, you know, um, that most people don't realize that the accountant is not the guy who just says, no, don't do it. He's part of the, 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 the broader picture. He sits down with every single person and, and tries to balance everything out. And, I, and when I started just analyzing that, um, I realized that being an accountant is, is more than just the numbers. There's a the business side of things where you have to give actionable uh, results and, and, and outcomes and recommendations. But then there's the how part, the, the, the engine room side. And, and, and I kind of enjoy that, right? So mm-hmm. um, that, that pretty much led me to, to accounting where I have this technical skill where I can look at a, a profit and loss or a balance sheet and kind of, you know, that tells me a story. For some people, they look at that and just see numbers and kind of go, okay, glaze over that, move on. But for me, that tells me a story about the company. It tells me, it, it, to a certain point, the strategy of the company, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the, on the other side, then I can sit down with someone who may glaze over this and kind of go, yeah, actually, the best way to do X, Y, and Z within your, your allotted budget is to focus on X, Y, and Z because this is where we see the trends going. So you're adding more than just the number. And, and so that, that's what I, I kind of, I was looking for when I became an accountant, that it's not, it, it was the numbers because I enjoyed working with numbers, but it's also the business side of things. You know, once you become an accountant, you can venture into so many different departments. You know, you can even go into marketing, you can go to data analytics. And, and so I think people still have this view of accountants as gray suits uh, who always say, no, I'm here to tell you people, <laughs> You know, we've we've changed a bit, <laughs> and we do say yes. And and, and I think accounting um, is going to change um, in the next five to ten years, purely based on the the fintech that is coming out. It's alarming. I was reading a report um, last year saying that your entry level um, accounting person may soon be a thing of the past. So you're talking about your your data entry, your even up to level of your accounts clerk. Because there are software programs that are now doing that. And, and, and it's, it's something we can't shy away from as a profession. Clearly, we're starting to embrace that, but there's a consequence for the person who's coming out uh, from college. Wow. So, yeah, that, that is um, A, an inspiration again in terms of you know, how, how you, you came to that decision. Um, B, very interesting in terms of the fact that automation is going to impact those, those lower level jobs. Um, but I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with education. More and more people are, are yeah. educated to a higher level. So those entry level positions then kind yeah. of automatically become higher level positions with the automation. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's very, very interesting. I guess um, if we go more towards the, the Griffith College experience, are you okay yeah. uh, with a couple of questions there? So I yeah. guess the question that, that most people um, kind of want to know it is, is why you chose Griffith College. You kind of almost touched on it in, in one of your answers previously. Um, yeah. So that kind of process of choosing Griffith College to, to study your master's with, you know, there's lots of colleges in Ireland, lots of places you yeah. can study. So what was the, the thought behind that? Uh, I think it's familiarity, right? So when I started, when I started my ACCA journey, I started uh, with Griffith and I thought the lecturers were fantastic. Um, and I think to this day, I, I do think the lecturers are fantastic because there's a blend of experience and then there's a blend of um, translating that to academia. Because I think sometimes you could be caught in, in, in either academia or you could be caught in so much real world that someone who's sitting down looking at you as a student 
they can't really connect. They get the theory, but the practical element is, is different, right? Mm. And, and so naturally, I'm someone who likes doing my research. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm up at, at odd hours in the morning <laughs> um, looking up stuff. And so w- when I was researching which direction to go, I, I really wanted um, a blend of both. Um, I, I think sometimes uh, people go to universities for prestige and it's the prerogative. I, 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 don't, I don't knock them for that. But I'm, I'm, I'm someone who, who's always been practical and I need a skill. And obviously thinking in an accountant's, uh, with an accountant's hat on, you know, a skill that is, that is an investment for the future. Mm-hmm. But also I think the, the big thing for me was because I had my ambitions of, of owning my own business later on down the line, there's a big, big elephant in the room that we can't ignore and that's globalization, right? Um, yeah. You can have your development team in, in, in India or even you can have them here in Ireland. You can have your customer service team in, in the States and you can have your, your web designer or your, your finance function based in, in, in London in the UK. So your team is so remote, remote that you need to learn how to talk to all these people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what one of the things that I noticed about Griffith, the international aspect about it. You know, we've got people from different backgrounds. And one thing I enjoy doing is, is, is getting to know people and, and where they're from because um, Nelson Mand- I, I, there's a quote that Nelson Mandela um, said that if you, you can talk to a man, you can, when you talk to a man in, in your language, you, you speak to the man, but when you speak to them in their own language and in their own culture, you, you talk, to the, you talk to, the, to the being. So you talk to the, the innermost person. And, and I found that deep, but yet interesting. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm going off tangent, but that's me in, in a nutshell. Rather than just um, stereotyping and putting you in a box, I want to sit down and get to know you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what's lacking a lot in, 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 in broader circles where there's, there's a failure to dialogue. And I wanted to dialogue with people uh, from different parts of the world. I wanted to you know, get a, a glimpse into how they live their lives, the way they think and how they process things. And, and that's what Griffith offered me. Uh, you know, I think in my class there were over 10, 15 nationalities. Um, and, and you, you know, you get to really immerse yourself. You get to form connections with people that you know may not have, you may not have had access to uh, normally. And, and I think when I look at also the, the academic criteria, I was like, I need practical skills, but I need uh, the breakdown of the 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 modules. Um, entrepreneurship was was a big one that kind of stood out to me. Um, there are very few colleges right now that are focusing on entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and I wanted that, even though even though I may be work, working towards being an accountant, entrepreneurship is a completely different ballgame um, as, as I'm learning. So that's what kind of motivated me towards towards Griffith College. So the international aspect, the, the lecturers, which I had experienced firsthand, and also the, the, the modules um, that were on offer and also the, the, the potential real world experience of the lecturers board. So that was... That was one of the, well, those, these were one of the reasons that caused me to choose Griffith. Well, very, very comprehensive answer. And I can tell you did your research that there's lots of, um, <laughs> lots of examples. And on your quote, I can, um, I suppose this, this is probably the best example I can give. Um, the president welcomes all new students in their own language. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a wow. video released last week um, because uh, we're all in and out, kind of working remotely 
delivering on site at the same time that there's um, some people that have been welcomed remotely. So a video was sent out to all students with the president welcoming every single person in their own language. And it's just one of those things wow. it does. It embodies that all touches that globalization that you were you were mentioning, which is um, it's a really nice touch. So this kind of brings us towards the the kind of the, the, the last section of the podcast. Um, which is everyone's favorite. Uh, I've got three quick fire questions for you. Um, okay. So the these questions are asked to, to all of our guests. So the first question is, um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Wow. Um, I didn't say they'd be easy. They, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only thinking funny. <laughs> the, the best piece of advice. Um, so I read a lot. Um, I read a lot and unfortunately, um, the best piece of advice came from a quotation, a book that I read, I can't remember which, which it is, but to me, it, it, it's a book, does it qualify? Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, it, it's a quotation that I, I, I hold on to, limits exist in the mind. Um, and and, and that's, that's the embodiment of, of where I am um, in terms of, of pushing myself to a point where you know if there's a problem there's a solution right but it's how you you, you attack that sol- that problem do you just um stay in bed cover cover the blankets and and cry over it or do you get out of bed and start a google search and then um join the thing so i think limits exist only in the mind is is one of the best piece of advice i have um i i've i've got and i think you know you you get the generic ones live your passion and all the good stuff but i i I, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. No, it's it's limits exist in the mind because I think it's. I think as human beings, we've got this great potential that we we can tap into. But you know, but but circumstance. You know, you hear a lot of. I, I play a bit of golf, and you hear, um, you know, the, the seniors kind of saying, you know, oh, I wish I could go back and and do X, Y, and Z, and and I I, I like sitting down and talking to them because that's a gateway to kind of remind me to say, look, go and, and, and try and maximize your potential right now. So mm-hmm. I think that that quote kind of is a gateway to so many other avenues. So yeah. So a great quote to, to, to live your life by, I suppose. Um, I suppose the, the one that I always try and try and live my life by is one that was, mm-hmm. was mentioned to me and it was don't run away from your problems. It's something that's really easy to, to live with, you know, face yeah. things head up. If it's a problem, you know, go and go and wow. deal with deal with it straight away. Um, That's pretty cool. I'm gonna put it on my list now. I'm gonna <laughs> plagiarize that, Alex, and then I'm just gonna <laughs> reference you on the side. So, so the, the <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was my that was my dad that um, that, that quoted me that one, and uh, it's one that I've I've lived with. So yeah, you, you can have that one for free. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that when I'm making the millions with expensive. <laughs> Um, so the next question is what advice would you give to recent graduates entering the job market take every opportunity that comes your way I think sometimes as as, as a graduate looking back when I started I'm I'm grateful to AIR because what AIR did was give me a platform to to explore the career I want right Um, so with the graduate program um, in AIR we're kind of given four rotations and you got to choose which rotations you were interested in and I, th- I find that very unique for a graduate program because a lot of graduate programs, they tell you, well, you're coming into this slot and this is what you're going to be doing for three and a half years or four years. 
and then afterwards you finished see you later thanks very much but i think with air they kind of took a proactive approach and, and they said okay it, what what are you interested in and from the bat i was interested in commercial finance i was interested in group financial control you know i was interested in internal audit and so they were able to to find me um, opportunities in, in that realm and and i think when i say take opportunities that they come i'm not saying just take everything and anything think about how you're going to build your career People were saying this to me when I was, when I was just a, a recent graduate that didn't know what it means. But I think what it really means is 10 years from now, what do you think you'll be enjoying, right? You, 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 you have your different accounting modules. There's that one module where you, where you sit down and kind of go, yeah, let's do this right now. I'm about to get a, an A in this or about to get over 70%, right? And then you have that module where you kind of go, you know what? I'm just doing this because I, I, I need to get my, my master's, <laughs> right? And, and it, it, it's the natural process um, because there are some modules that you gravitate to and there's some modules where you kind of go, you know, let me put in a bit more effort just to get over the line. So I think one is take the opportunities they come to think about where you want to end up in about five, 10 years. Um, and, and I think three, the big one is speak up. I think there's the tendency as a, as a new graduate who's entering the job market to to be shy to say, um, I need a bit of help here, I need assistance, or I'm thinking about doing X, Y, and Z. Um, talk about your, your, your future as much as you can with, with, with someone who you can trust and someone who, you can, who can mentor you. So one of the things that I, I was, I, I, um, I'm grateful for through AIR also, they had a, when you come in as a, as a graduate, you, you, you're assigned a mentor. And so my mentor is someone who I'm still in contact with today. I still talk to him about my career. And a mentor is that person who's got, what, 25, 30 years experience and is able to, to look at it from a, a high level position and challenge you in terms of what you want to do, whether it's the right move for you or not. So having a mentor in your corner is, 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 is very important. They may not be in the company. They may be someone you know who's, who's in the industry. But I'd say to you, um, as much as you can, try and get a mentor within the company that you're in because that first relationship you have with the senior manager in the company makes a very big difference um, in terms of your own perspective, in terms of your career and the outlook and how you, you look at things. So um, I, I think that that's, that's what I would say to a recent uh, graduate. Great advice, you know, really uh, comprehensive advice. And yeah, I think kind of the, the way I would surmise it would be skill stacking. That's something that this, yeah. that's, that's the way forward. That's something that, mm -hmm. that you know, um, any recent graduate if they're listening, um, yeah. needs needs to do. They need to they need to stack those skills and, and take those take the opportunities. And a mentor is, is a great way to do that. So absolutely, um, yeah. And then that leads us on to the the final question, which is the one that kind of stumps everyone. How would you describe Griffith College in three words? <laughs> um, you're not making these easy, are you, Alex? Um, <laughs> Three words, okay. I think the first word would be, oh, I'm stumped. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm trying to think how Sorry, can we, I describe this. We can edit the, the time between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to think about what am, I saying, what am I saying. I think the first one would be um, challenging. Um, do I, can I qualify or am I allowed to, to qualify? Yeah, of course, yeah, you can qualify. <laughs> It's your answer. <laughs> so I, 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 say, I, <laughs> um, I say challenging in the sense that um, 
it pushes you to realize your potential. Um, so I, I had, so for example, for my, for my dissertation, I had a very, very good uh, supervisor, Suzanne Burdis, who pushed me and pushed me, but she, she saw the potential in me. And I just want to say shout out to Suzanne. <laughs> and then the second word would be um, focused. I think if you know where you want to end up in, in, in your career, I think Griffith College is a great place you know, with the different um, master's programs, you, you're really focused. You take away a lot of the noise and you just focus on what you need to do. So I think um, challenging, focused. And um, the, the third one would be, uh, I'm trying to think. A third one would be different. Dif different is, is, is it conjures so many other images for people, but for me, different in, in the sense that um, the different perspectives that I got to interact with, the different nationalities, the, the different uh, viewpoints and the vantage points that people shared with me, that, that's invaluable. So challenging, focused, and different, uh, but different not in terms of on the fringes, no, different in terms of um, it adds more value. Um, to you as a person. Well, thank you very much. And I've um, personally really enjoyed this this podcast. Um, oh, and, and good to hear. You know, all of your anecdotes and stories and, and the, the rationale behind a lot of your decisions are inspiring and, and motivational. And, you know, I hope that current students and alumni are, are listening along and, and, and hearing the same things that I am. So, you know, yeah. I'd love to wish you all the best um, with future endeavors. Yeah. And <laughs> interrupted by the bell. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. And um, it's real, isn't it? It's, that's, that's what it's like yeah. working from home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is. So, yeah, no, you're, it's fine. And uh, yeah, just thank you very much for giving up your time and coming on yeah. and finally getting this one across the line. You know, we've yeah, been emailing perfect. each other since January. So uh, yeah. it's, no, I enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for, for having me on. You're more than welcome. So uh, thanks everyone for listening along. And this concludes the second series. So there's, there's 10 great podcasts for this second series out there for you to listen along to. So thanks to all of our guests and uh, goodbye for now.